Hope you all had a very happy July the 4th. It is the day after the 4th, the 5th, and time for a We Tackle Life podcast. I'm Bruce Hooley. Uh, I hope by the end of the podcast, the uh, top football-playing schools in Division One haven't realigned. <laughs> That's what we're going to talk about today, the realignment of college football, the death of the dream matchup of my youth. No, I won't make you get off my lawn, but I will pine away for the halcyon days of when Ohio State USC and the Rose Bowl on January 1st was what this sports fan would have placed atop his wish list. Big 12, Pac-12, who will survive? Who will cannibalize the other? Are we headed for two leagues of 20 teams each? And is the NCAA on its way out? All things that we will attempt to get to today as we tackle life and other things in a faith portion of the podcast that delves into current events and why we are in the mess we are in. Thank you very much for listening. Appreciate it. You can leave a review on iTunes, and you can always reach out to the podcast in our email, wetacklelife at gmail.com, wetacklelife at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at wetackle, and feel free to weigh in on our content. Love to have you. Patronize our sponsors, of course. Top sponsor, longest-running sponsor, our friends at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. You still get 15% off when you order coffee of your liking from any of the many countries that Paul and his great team at Hemisphere have relationships with, Indonesia, Nicaragua, Thailand, Ethiopia, among the countries where you can get locally sourced coffee, whole bean, light, medium, dark roast, K-cups, ground to your specifications, however you want it. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters does phenomenal, phenomenal coffee, and they also do cocoa chocolate made from a coffee-covered crop called, what else, cocoa. So check it out, non-GMO, gluten-free, no MSG. It's phenomenal, and you will love it, and you will get 15% off when you use the promo code We Tackle Life in all caps. All right, let's get to the craziness. Less than a week now since Ohio State and the Big Ten, and I have to say it that way because Ohio State is the Big Ten, Ohio State and the Big Ten added UCLA and USC to its membership. Yes, The Big Ten now has 16 teams, if you're keeping track of the math. The Pac-12 now has 10 teams. I don't know how many teams the Big 12 has because it has a bunch of teams ready to be Big 12 members that aren't Big 12 members yet, most uh, notably among them Luke Fickle, Cincinnati Bearcats. BYU is going to be in the Big 12. Uh, Central Florida, or maybe, no, it's South Florida is going to be in the Big 12. I can't even keep them all straight. I just wish... When we somebody gets done rearranging the deck chairs on the college football Titanic, hopefully, a the ship stays afloat. Uh, although, with all the changes coming to college athletics, I just don't think we're going to look at it the way we did before. Uh, how can you look at the sport the same with kids driving two hundred thousand dollar Mercedes and with a a school joining USC and UCLA, who's nearest member in the Big Ten geographically to Los Angeles is Lincoln, Nebraska, which is 1,500.8 miles away, according to Google Maps. A half a country away. Uh, two, uh, One time zone away. Uh, no, that's two time zones away, Mountain and Pacific. So crazy, crazy, but it's all about the money, of course. I know you're shocked. It's not all about the kids, Bruce. It's not all about preparing them to go pro in something other than sports. No, it's all about the money, all about the greenbacks, all about the Benjamins. 
and lots of them will be coming to Big Ten's way because they've added the Los Angeles TV market. I really think we're trending toward a day in college athletics where the people who run the sport care a lot more about how many people are watching the events on television than they do about people who are going in person. And you now will see a virtually empty L.A. Coliseum and a virtually empty Rose Bowl for Big Ten games when Maryland or Rutgers or pretty much anybody else shows up except Ohio State because Ohio State has a ginormous fan base. But what's the crowd like for Minnesota and USC? 11 p.m. kickoff. Uh, Negligible. That's what it is. Because, at least in the Pac-12, you had, presumably, some alums from some other teams out west that would show up who lived in the L.A. area who would come to watch, I don't know, Washington State or Oregon State or Arizona State or somebody play the Trojans or the Bruins. Not going to have that anymore. But they don't care about the fans. They care about the TV product. And they're going to make a lot of money on TV. Fox, ESPN, Amazon, Apple, the new world of streaming. That has more than anything else. And I left out our old friend Greed. That has more than anything else brought us to the point where they can look us in the eye and tell us, yes, USC and UCLA are perfect fits. For the Big Ten. Okay. Well, I do have a host of Ohio State USC memories and a host of Ohio State UCLA memories, but they all involve mm, Woody Hayes, Earl Bruce, players of a bygone era who probably struggle to get up out of their lazy boy chairs right now. And I recognize that times change and you have to change with them, but I mourn for the conversion of a January 1st, 5 p.m. Rose Bowl kickoff between Ohio State and USC in the shadow of the San Gabriel Mountains with an Air Force flyover being turned into an October regular season game. I mourn that. I mourn that we have taken one of, if not college football's best tradition and normalized it to the point where we will see it so often we won't attach any special significance to it or ever even really bother to watch it that often. Wasn't it awesome even when Ohio State and USC played in the regular season out on the day that Jim Tressel threw Todd Beckman under the bus and forever cast his love toward Terrell Pryor? And then the following year when... uh Matt Barkley, a freshman, and Stephon Johnson led USC to a comeback win in the fourth quarter in Ohio Stadium. See, those are special moments. Now, now, well, they're just going to become routine. And I get it. It's progress, and I don't believe they're done progressing yet because I don't believe this works with just USC and UCLA 1,500 miles away from Lincoln, Nebraska, 2,220-some miles away from Columbus, I believe the Big Ten has to be thinking about adding somebody else. To me, it has to be somebody else out west, although with what's going down today with the Big 12, that might not be the case. The Big 12 is trying to dine on the leftovers of the Pac-12, much like my man Mr. Spielman used to talk about 
cruising the hallways of the hotels where his Detroit Lions were staying early in his career. And he would look at the room service stuff left out in the hallway and go, hmm, that doesn't look to me like they touched those French fries. I like French fries. I think I'll try some. Well, in this case, the Big 12 is looking at Oregon, Washington, Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado, and Utah and going, hey, you know, those look kind of tasty. I think we'll add those to who we have. And then we'll be uh, the big whatever. What is that? How many teams are in the Big 12? 14, 12? Who knows? But that would certainly crush the Pac-12. Now, meanwhile, the Pac-12, which does not have 12 or will not in 2024 when UCLA and USC join the Big 10, the artist formerly known as the Pac-12 is trying to negotiate a TV contract. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Hi, wouldn't you love to have Pac-12 games on your network? Uh, well, sure. Who's in your league? Uh, we'll get back to you on that. <laughs> How does that work? What what TV executive is stupid enough to sign a new deal with the Pac-12 going forward, starting in 2025, when you don't even know if the league is going to exist in 2025 or if you're counting on Oregon to be in it? I can't believe Oregon's going to stay in the Pac-12 or whatever constitutes a Pac-12. Are you telling me you're going to call Phil Knight at Nike, Mr. Oregon Booster, and say, hey, Phil, I know we lost USC and UCLA. I know we lost all those Heismans from USC, and I know we lost uh, all those national titles, John Wooden, Wizard of Westwood, all that tradition. But don't worry, Phil. Guess who's taking their place? Boise State and Northern Arizona. Yeah, we got it covered. Don't worry. Yeah, sure. I think Phil would be so bored he would allow Oregon to wear the same football uniform two weeks in a row if they tried to tell him that. Now, what about the Big Ten adding Oregon? Okay, well, you have to, first of all, ask yourself, what was this move about? Well, this move was about countering what the SEC did when it got Texas and Oklahoma to join the SEC. I firmly believe with every fiber of my being that if the Big Ten had the choice, which they don't because they got outpointed, if the Big Ten had the choice to add Texas and Oklahoma or to add UCLA or USC, the Big Ten would, without a fraction of a second's hesitation, take Texas and Oklahoma. Why? Because they fit. They fit. Austin, Texas, Norman, Oklahoma. Do those towns look a lot like Madison, Wisconsin, Columbus, Ohio, State College, Pennsylvania? Yeah, they do. They're classic college towns. Both Oklahoma and Texas are public land-grant research universities. USC is a private school. There's one other private school in the Big Ten, Northwestern. That's why USC doesn't fit, okay? Now, I know the Big Ten will say, well, they fit us academically. Oh, they fit us academically. They're in the hoity-toity Association of American Universities. Very prestigious. Okay, fine. It's all about the money, remember? It's all about the TV ratings. It's not all about the eggheads at the faculty club, as much as they would like to continue to delude themselves that it is. But they didn't get Texas, and they didn't get Oklahoma, and they were blindsided by it, and so they decided to blindside the rest of the college football world by grabbing USC and UCLA. Now, neither USC nor UCLA is exactly in the strongest position right now. I know USC has Lincoln Riley, and I know everybody's expecting Lincoln Riley to build USC back into John McKay's 
USC or maybe even Larry Smith's USC. Maybe if the uh, lightning strikes twice, Pete Carroll's USC. But the fact of the matter is, I'm not convinced Lincoln Riley's going to do that because it's harder to do that as a Big Ten member than it is as a Pac-12 member. Hmm. Now Lincoln Riley's task just got considerably tougher. He still has all the attributes to recruit to USC that he had when he went there, but the competition he has to do it against got considerably more difficult. Now, the the good thing for Lincoln Riley is he doesn't have to take anybody outside of L.A. or outside of California to compete, but it's still harder because now that opens up those recruiting areas to Ohio State, even more so than Ohio State already was. And it's not like the Buckeyes didn't recruit all over the nation anyway. Do you remember Chris Olave? He's from California. Remember Garrett Wilson? He's from Texas. Remember JT Barrett? He's from Texas. I would say, do you remember Quinn Ewers, but you probably don't. But they're getting all, they've got Dylan Rayola, their big-time quarterback, coming in from Arizona. So they're already recruiting nationally and have been ever since John Cooper. So, but now when you recruit Chris Olave, you can say, well, your mom and dad can watch you when we come to play USC in a regular season game. So I think it, takes away the likelihood that Lincoln Riley will get USC back on top, putting USC in the Big Ten, not because Lincoln Riley gets to be a worse coach, but because he has to compete against better teams. Better teams. Okay. Where do I see this going? And it's all a guess, okay? It's all a total guess. I don't understand why. According, I don't understand the reporting of Dennis Dodd. I know of CBS is rock solid. Dennis is not one of these guys who, hey, I think this is going to happen, and so I'll write it down and say, sources told me. That's not Dennis Dodd. Dennis Dodd's a really good reporter and very well connected. So when Dennis Dodd reports that the Big 12 is getting close to adding Washington, Oregon, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, I believe him. I just don't understand why those schools would do that before they know if they can get into the Big 10. I mean, I would much rather be in the Big 10. If I'm Oregon, Washington, more so Washington than Oregon. If I'm Washington, I'm on the phone to Kevin Warren, and I'm going to say, hey, Kevin, I like all those plaques on the wall, office wall behind you celebrating how what a brilliant person you are. Are you brilliant enough to want to add the Seattle TV market? If I'm Arizona, Arizona State, I'm making the same argument about do you want to add the Phoenix TV market? If I'm Stanford, I'm on the phone saying, hey, hey, you want Notre Dame to join the Big Ten, right, Kevin? Well, we are kind of simpatico academically and athletically with Notre Dame. And if you told Notre Dame that you were going to add Stanford to the Big Ten, guess what? You get the San Francisco TV market, since you seem to like TV markets, and you'd have another chip in your never-ending bloodlust to add Notre Dame. So if I'm Stanford, Washington, and Arizona, Arizona State, I'm making that call all day long. Now, Phil Knight and Oregon... I don't think anybody's clamoring to get the Eugene, Oregon TV market. But how many schools in the Big Ten make hundreds of millions of dollars a year off their relationship with Nike? I know one. (laughs) Columbus, Ohio. Is that not a significant enough factor for Phil Knight to strong-arm Oregon into the Big Ten. I think it's a powerful possibility. So, with apologies to Horace Greeley, if I were the Big Ten, I would go west, young man. 
for additional members. I know there's some thought that the Big Ten is looking and would love to have Duke and North Carolina. Why? Oh, great basketball, Bruce. I'm sorry, does basketball pay the bills? No. Basketball pays a few bills. Basketball does not pay the bills. Football pays the bills. Now, you might say, well, we'll be able to get so much more out of TV contracts for Big Ten basketball. Yeah, remind me again. When's the last time anybody cared about college basketball outside the month of March? Uh, That's right. You can't name it, nor can I. Because guys are rental players. They come in if they even bother to come in for one year. So, no. Duke, North Carolina. Yeah, nice to have. All that stuff, nice tradition, I get it, but you want football powers, okay? Football powers. You're going to add teams on the East Coast, add Clemson and Miami. Add Miami, you get the Miami TV market. you got to remember, it can't be always about, it has to be about one thing. And that one thing is TV. L.A. is a TV market. That's why they got it. Now they have New York, L.A., Chicago. Impressive, okay? So stick with that plan. Don't try to divide and go, well, but Oregon's really good in football and pretty good in basketball. And Phil Knight, mm, we got we to have Oregon. Clemson, ooh, Clemson's really good. How good's Clemson if Dabo Sweeney goes to Alabama when Nick Saban retires? You banking on Clemson being Clemson for the rest of time? I'm not. So a lot of ways that this thing can go, I am someone that I guess I like tradition more than I thought I did or more than I recognized that I did. I kind of like leagues that split into two divisions and play championship games. and I guess that's a 25-year phenomenon. It feels like to me it was much more recent than that. So I don't love what I see. I really don't love USC and UCLA as Big Ten members. I understand it, but I don't like it. It's a little bit like name, image, and likeness. I understand it, but I don't like it. And I do think uh, a Mark Cuban line comes to mind here. Uh, what's he say? Uh, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. When you get too gluttonous, when you want to gorge yourself, more, 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 more. Sometimes it turns around and bites you. And I don't know if they're going to have volleyball teams going to UCLA and USC. I don't know if they're going to have minor sports teams playing a midweek game in Los Angeles and catching the red eye so they can be back bright and early for 8 o'clock class because, after all, we are preparing them for something to go pro in something other than sports. Yes, I remember. I didn't forget. They will continue to run those commercials. They will continue to lie to you about what it's about. It's not about the kids. It's never been about the kids. It's about money and the administrators making as much as they can. And they're going to make a lot off of this. Might make the NCAA go away. We might have a eight-team playoff with four teams from the SEC and four teams from the expanded Big Ten. But again... Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered, and I think when you have this continual desire to gorge yourself on the excess, and the excess can be in what kids get for NIL, the excess can be in how many supposedly great teams can you jam into your league and still try to conduct the ruse that you are some semblance of a reasonable geographically consistent conference, I think eventually people are going to go, I can't even keep track. You know, I used to be a major, major locked-in, dialed-in baseball fan. Knew every team, knew every starting lineup of every team. You know when I stopped caring about it? 
when free agency hit Major League Baseball. And I couldn't keep track of who was on what team, what year, and all the rich teams seemed to get richer and all the poor teams seemed to get poorer. And if you think that phenomenon is not present in college athletics, where the budgetary concerns of an Ohio State are not even remotely in the same economic world as the budgetary concerns of Purdue, Indiana, Minnesota, Iowa, I think we're deluding ourselves. Everything seems great in the planning stages. And everything that is drawn up and designed to succeed will, of course, succeed until it doesn't. Because nobody draws up a plan to succeed and says, man, if this happens, we're really screwed. No, they overlook that. What if people stop watching? What if there comes a new technology of some sort? I don't know what it is. But did anybody see, did anybody think ESPN was untouchable all those years? Check the ESPN subscriber base lately. Cord cutting has really, really hurt ESPN. And another thing is, maybe people will just cease to care. Because once you start paying college kids this much money to play, then they feel like they have more power. And when anyone thinks they have power, they start stretching their, um, they become more free with their opinions. And all of a sudden, maybe those opinions don't attract as many fans because the kids start talking about or doing things that the fan base doesn't approve of. There are things that could happen out here that could make this all blow up in someone's face. So I don't think it's a guaranteed slam dunk lead pipe since success. We'll just have to see where it goes. Now, likewise... I hope you will go to PatriotSwitch.com if you would like to be intentional, consistent in your shopping. Why not buy from a company that supports your values? If your values are those that you believe helped our country become great, then maybe you'd like to buy products you're already buying, the things you can't live without, mouthwash, toothpaste, makeup, if you're uh, someone who's married and has girls, or nutritional supplements, vitamins, essential oils, cleaning products, all those things that we don't really think too much about what we're buying or who we're buying it from. But they take your money and then they lobby for social causes that you may not support. And if you would like to buy environmentally friendly products made from plants, products from a company that's family-owned, the uh, quintessential American success story, one that donates to police. Could we use a little bit more law and order in our country? I'd say yes. Police, military, I can put you in touch with that company. They do business differently. They don't advertise their products, and they don't put their products in stores. It's a private shopping club, and if you'd like to know about it, you're intrigued to hear about it, I would love to explain it to you. So go to patriotswitch.com, patriotswitch.com. And there'll be a how did you hear about us menu. Click my name and I'll reach out to you and tell you all about it. And maybe you can become a member of that shopping club, as have many others who listen to this podcast, which I appreciate very much. And they love the products, as does the Hooli family. All right. A little Baker Mayfield news, because it wouldn't be a We Tackle Life podcast without a Baker Mayfield update. Ian Rappaport today on the Pat McAfee podcast said that he does not think the Seattle Seahawks have ever been that interested in Baker Mayfield, which is a little shocking because they have Drew Locke and Geno Smith as their quarterbacks. 
Um, so it would appear that the Seattle Seahawks want Baker Mayfield only if they can get Baker Mayfield on the cheap. And the best way they could get Baker Mayfield on the cheap is if the Browns release Baker Mayfield, which they say they're not going to do because they feel like he's an asset. But Baker doesn't want to play for them, and they seem hesitant to have Baker play for them. And we don't know what Deshaun Watson's suspension is going to be. There have been all kinds of reports that he'll get suspended for a year. It'll be an indefinite suspension. Then I saw a story, no, no, he's only going to get, he'll play in 2022. And then I saw a story, no, he may never play. So from the uh, very minor penalties to the very uh, extreme penalties, we're all over the map on Deshaun Watson. Here's the other thing about Deshaun Watson. Nobody talks about this. He didn't play last year. And if he doesn't play this year, he sat out two years. I know he's working out on the side and doing this and that and watching tape and blah, blah. I think it's going to take him a while, and maybe he never gets back to what he was before because those are reflective, reflexive instincts that you have to have to see things happen in real time, fast forward, warp speed, bad, nasty guys diving at your knees and ankles while you're looking down the field. I think that's... I, I went back to work today after taking yesterday off for July the 4th, and I was rusty on the radio for, like, being off an extra day. Was Mike Vick ever the same quarterback when he came back from the dog thing? No. And I really think, too, the mental energy that it must take for Deshaun Watson to expend on these matters that sometimes seem to be criminal, now seem to be only civil, but certainly are unwelcome in his life, unflattering to him. Remember, Deshaun Watson's a guy at Clemson everybody thought was not only a great player, but a high-character guy. And he might be a high-character guy. I don't know, maybe this is all fabricated. But these kinds of allegations against you have to wear on you. And I just think the mental energy that takes to bear up against those things to insist upon your innocence, even if you are innocent, or to insist upon your innocence if you know in your heart of hearts you're guilty, that takes a lot out of a person. So, Cleveland Browns, you wanted him, you got him. Now you, what's the old uh, adage? You bought the ticket, now you get to take the ride. And where that ride will take Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns, no one knows at this point in time. But Baker Mayfield... I would insist he come back and play for me this year. I would. I do not think there's any situation in football or in any team sport that cannot be worked out once you talk through. Look, there's a lot you can gain from this. There's a lot we can gain from this. Let's work together. Why not? Pride. That's why. Pride. Baker's pride. The Browns' pride. Getting in the way. Hmm. Not a good look. Not a good look. At all. You know what is a good look? ClarityHR.com. If you are bulletproofed as a business against HR issues already, well, congratulations, but I bet you're paying more than $100 a month for that firewall. ClarityHR.com, you'll pay less than $100 a month. What do you get? You get 12 hours annually of one-on-one conversation with an HR specialist. And you get training modules, instruction, analysis, an employee handbook, an HR audit, all kinds of hands-on HR instruction and guidance. 
to keep your business out of a jackpot that can take your business away from you. ClarityHR.com is based right here in Ohio. I know the people who run it. They are phenomenal people. They've always been business solution oriented. And for the mere cost, if you're a business of $25 a week, that's right, less than 100 bucks a month, you can be bulletproofed against HR issues. So if you've worked hard, you've crafted a business, you have people who are counting on you, your family and the families of those you employ, I think it's a uh, foolish decision not to check out ClarityHR.com, ClarityHR.com, and tell them that you heard about it on the We Tackle Life podcast. Okay, to the faith portion of the podcast. For those new listeners to the podcast, we do sports and then we do faith. Uh, when I started this podcast with Chris Spielman at Chris's uh, request, we had worked together in radio for quite some time, and we did not have in radio the freedom to talk openly about our faith. We decided if we were going to continue to talk about sports topics, we also wanted to talk about the thing that's most precious to us in our life, and that is our faith in Christ. And so we did that, and if you want to tune out, now would be a good time. If you want to hear a gospel-themed message, a message of submission and humility, prioritizing God's Word in every aspect of your life, that is what I endeavor to do in the faith portion of the podcast. And in the aftermath of July the 4th and news events over the past week or so, it seems apropos, apropos to fold that into the faith portion of this podcast. And I was online getting uh, my ducks in a row here for college league expansions. And I happened upon two things that dovetail with other things that have happened, notably the Chicago parade shooting, just despicable evil um, that was visited upon those poor people in uh, Illinois. And I see that ESPN anchor L. Duncan is calling out dads for not speaking out. I said not speaking out against the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. So L. Duncan is saying that as a dad of girls, which I am a dad of girls three times over, that I am failing my daughters by not speaking out against a court ruling that will make it harder for girls to abort their children in some states. That is not a biblical position that L. Duncan is taking, and so it is not a position that I am taking. The premise that the abortion ruling is um, targeted toward women or does damage to women, is built upon a faulty premise. I know it's an old-fashioned premise. I understand that. But it is a faulty premise that women and men are unable to live life according to biblical morality and to save themselves for marriage. It is if we treat our fellow humans as though they are animals, with sexual urges that they cannot control, discipline, or rein in. Now, it's not been that long since I was single and much younger, and I will acknowledge that that was a struggle at times, but the mere idea that L. Duncan would advocate for 
men to help their daughters abort what would be those father's grandchildren is to me a completely myopic and tone-deaf position. But it is not surprising in our culture, which brings me to the second headline that troubles me. The National Education Association, one of the predominant teachers' unions in the country, is having its national policy convention. They are meeting to craft the things they want their union to stand for. And here are some of the things they have proposed as policy positions to be adopted as formal parts of the NEA platform. NEA is a social justice union that is a majority female and trans and gender non-conforming folks. I don't know what a folks is. F-O-L-X. They are calling on the NEA to publicly stand in defense of abortion. One more time. Abortion is a grave evil from the pit of hell. It is. There are two instances in the Bible that I can think of where Satan lives to the description of him as a, quote, murderer since his youth. When he twisted the mind of Pharaoh to murder all babies, when Moses was a baby, and when Satan twisted the mind of Herod to murder all Jewish boys under the age of two, when he was told by the wise men that a Messiah had been born. So, the NEA, which, again, these are teachers. They teach in our public schools. Another one of their proposed initiatives is that they promote LGBTQIA inclusive language in their platform and use an X or size, remove the terms mother and father from all communiques, instead using the terms birthing parent and non-birthing parent. So, I've talked about three things. The Chicago parade shooting, the L. Duncan rant about how dads should defend their daughter's right to have abortion so that the daughters can kill their father's grandchildren, and these NEA initiatives. I don't like to be political on a podcast, and I'm actually, I can talk about politics only because I'm talking about it in the context of faith. These are not biblical positions. The shooter in Chicago had very dysfunctional parenting. That is coming to the forefront. The NEA wants to ban the terms mother and father and instead go with birthing parent and non-birthing parent, thus removing the distinctions between men and women. L. Duncan wants to pervert the relationship between a father and his daughter, who should be, which should be a relationship where the father protects the daughter and raises her to prize, treasure, and guard her purity, saving it for one man forever. Those are not my views. Those are biblical views. They are my views because they are biblical views. And I continue to see in our society, and I don't mean just outside the church, but inside the church as well, the continual 
progression toward damaging behavior and destructive life choices. When we get outside, the very clearly stated outline God places in his holy word for us to live by. Marriage is one woman, one man forever. Mothers are generally endowed with different traits and talents than men. Mothers are much more often nurturing, compassionate, kind, patient. Fathers are more uh, apt to fill the role of protector, provider. And this is how God ordained it. This is not the patriarchy. This is not, you know, some ethnic or racial group oppressing another by insisting that people of certain sex or familial status play primarily one role and not the other. These are ordained relationships by God. And by the way, God also talks about men laying down their life for their wives. And so we complicate life when we live it according to our inclinations and desires. In order for any person to come to faith and to obtain forgiveness for their sins, they must first recognize that they are a sinful person, that they have fallen short of God's standard of perfection, that they can never attain it through their own behavior. And what does that require? It requires humility. Yes, I'm inadequate. Yes, I'm not able to qualify on my own. It, requires, it, it, it demands humility and it requires submission. Submission. Tear that word apart. Sub means under a mission. Your mission is under God's mission. God's preeminent. God is sovereign. God is all-powerful. Our mission is under him. We put it under him. We place it under him. We yield to him. The positions advocated by the NEA, the position advocated by L. Duncan, are not submissive, humble positions. Hence, they are not biblical positions. Hence, they are fraught with failure, and they will lead only, most likely, to misery in this life, and certainly to separation from God's ideal plan for the lives of those who follow their personal inclinations. And it used to make me really angry when I'd see people do that, and it still raises my hackles when I see people do that, but predominantly my overriding emotion is sadness. Sadness for people who choose the path they are so adamantly positive is the right path because of their values and their beliefs and their this. And if they just humble themselves and submit themselves 
to God's plan, God's provision, it's so much easier and so much more fulfilling in this life and most certainly in the next. So that's my prayer, that people will come to faith. They will realize that there is freedom in yielding control to someone else. The Psalms extol the virtues of the law of God. It's not restrictive. It's not cumbersome. It's not confining. It is freeing to have those guardrails in our life and to be able to look to one standard, a holy standard, to know how to conduct ourselves. So that is what I have for you in the faith portion of the podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. Patronize our sponsors, PatriotSwitch.com. Bruce Hooley is the name to click in the How Did You Hear About Us menu. ClarityHR.com for great HR advice at a very, very, very affordable price, less than $100 a month for your business. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, of course, 15% off. And the great people at Willis Spangler Starling Attorney Firm. Truman Boulevard and Hilliard, they can handle any case. Their firm is growing because... Word of mouth travels fast. People know when they found somebody who has a good heart, the people at Willis Spangler Starling certainly do, and they are outstanding in their field. So remember them. Willis Spangler Starling online at willisattorneys.com. We'd love to hear from you. Review us on iTunes. Send us an email, wetacklelife at gmail.com. And we'll be back with another edition of the We Tackle Life podcast later in the week. Until then, have a great week. <laughs>